0: I hope you're okay with me recording these on a lapel mic because sometimes I just, I need to walk around while I'm I'm thinking. And though I do prefer the quality of my PR-40 because I am an audio snob, I also realize that sometimes I just, I don't know, I can't get my creative thought processes flowing if I'm sitting my ass in a chair. So you will probably hear like I'm, I'm walking around right now and... I'm wearing I'm wearing these work pants. I saw this ad a couple of months ago for work pants. They're called True Works, and they're made out of a a water repellent material. And they've got a wide variety of pockets. One of which is a fantastic pocket on the right hand side that uh, of my my right leg that I can slide my phone down in. They're expensive. I, I can't remember if I've mentioned them in a previous episode or not. They're they're around $80. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but I consider that expensive considering when I buy denim jeans from Walmart, not Walmart, I don't buy shit from Walmart when it comes to clothes. Um, not not shutting or or downing anybody that does. That's not what I'm saying. It's just I found the quality lacking. Um, but yeah, I buy, I buy my actual denim jeans on uh, Amazon. Forget the name brand, but they're like 20 bucks, something like that. So these pants, they... Uh, they make noise because of the kind of material, you know, think of like a windbreaker, that type of thing. So anyway, I know that kind of got off on a tangent there. Today's Monday it's the 20th of November, which means in just three days, we've got Thanksgiving, you know, and I'm taking Wednesday and Thursday off. Hopefully it's knock on wood. It'll be a, a slow Monday and Tuesday because some of my clients are only working half days today and tomorrow, and then they're off the rest of the week. So i've been uh, I've been working on two newsletter articles: one that's supposed to go out tomorrow for Tipton Talks, and one that will probably go out Friday. Doing kind of a, a not not a deep deep dive, but somewhat of a deep dive into the true origins of Thanksgiving for the one going out tomorrow. And then the one that goes out Friday is about Black Friday. Because I don't know about you, but I've learned something this year that I didn't realize. The contemporary origination, if you will, of the term Black Friday, I had always heard, read, been told that it was called that, maybe loosely, because that was the day that all of the big companies, all of the big stores and everybody finally gets into the black. Come to find out that's not the case. But I'm not going to talk about that here. There's there's a darker reason why it's actually called Black Friday. And of course, as we do, it's all about consumerism. So there you go. But I got to, I got to thinking about, I don't know, living life here in the South. And don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I like where we live. I love the place that we're, we've had since 2006, though I'm constantly trying to figure out how to get it paid off before 2043 because I'll be 70, I'll be 73 and um, I would like to retire between 62 and 65 and not have an almost $1,000 mortgage on my shoulders because I'm not one of those Gen Xers that's fortunate enough, I guess, to have a large 401k I mean if things hadn't happened in 2012 the way they did with my job situation uh, you know there's a possibility that I could have had a pretty good size nest egg because the company that we were working for I mean we got sold to an, a telephone company and they had a 401k the city basically sold the department to to a, a local independent telephone company so I've got city retirement because I've vested for 10 years even though it 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 took almost 2 weeks and I had to get the mayor involved to actually get somebody to start giving me some answers about a how much would my retirement actually be and then once they told me yeah it'd be x amount of dollars at 65 the whole premise was I wanted to know what it would be at 62 And could I even take it at 62? What I did learn is I can start taking it at 55, but I'm not going to do that. But that's just city retirement. The earliest I can take Social Security, I believe, is 62. And so that's a situation where trying to finagle those numbers to have enough income, and that's assuming Social Security is still solvent, which they keep saying is going to be down to 80% payout in 2032 or 33 32, I believe. I've got a way of fixing that. I've talked about that in an episode of the Donovan Atkinson show. So if you want to go over and listen to that, it's real simple. I don't know why we're not doing it. And even Bernie Sanders has mentioned it. So I'm in good company. But I guess another funny thing, and I do apologize, I'm all over the place. I did have some some notes that I wrote about what I wanted to talk about. But as I invariably do sometimes, when I just start talking... I do, I will suffer from verbal dysentery and I'll just, this is the reason why I wanted to walk around, you know? But uh, something occurred to me this morning, you know, I'll be 54 in January. And I was like, wait a minute, do I need to renew my license? And of course, this thought comes to me of some, where some of my best thoughts come to me, and that's when I'm sitting on the shutter, <laughs> you know? Because, I am one of those that has the bad habit. My phone is with me. I've tried not doing it. I can't. I mean, I can. I don't want to. But I do try to make a conscious effort not to, to get wrapped up into something that before I realize that I've been sitting there for 15 or 20 minutes and, uh, you know, my intestines are trying to come out of my sphincter because that's that's what you run into is that's not very good, especially if you suffer from hemorrhoids. And if you don't, then it could cause them. Anyway, that's just a little PSA. So, my driver's license, because I live in Georgia, is one of the... We're one of the states that we can actually add it to the... uh, In our iPhone. For no other reason than just TSA. Man, it'd be nice if you could just... But it doesn't show anything other than you can click on it. You can get some information. So, anyway, I didn't have my driver's license on me, of course, because I was sitting on the shutter. And I hadn't gotten dressed yet. (laughs) So, I looked up the information and, yeah, I... uh, I needed to renew. My license would expire 1st of January, 2024. So I go through, you know, do it online. And what's funny is I get the USPS email notifications to let me know what mail is supposed to be delivered today in our mailbox. And talk about the irony, the coincidence, if you will. There's a letter in there from the Department of Motor Vehicles, which I'm pretty sure was going to inform me today that I needed to renew my license. <laughs> so, talk about the universe. Hello. <laughs> oh, goodness. Hell, now I don't even know if I want to talk about the stuff I scribbled down because it kind of kind of weighs the mood down, I think. But I don't know. I guess, man, life. <laughs> you know, I'm standing here in my office, and I'm looking through one of the the way this building is positioned is we have the main house, then there's a secondary building. And part of this, the secondary building, one half of it is a finished out room, which when we, when we first were looking at it, it was kind of like a children's game room. The other side is a shop. It's not finished out. And originally my wife took, my wife took this room as her sewing room. And then as I got into podcasting, she gave me a little bit of a, a, a corner. And then I got a larger section because I actually was doing some production with some people that I had met and they became friends and they wanted to do a a local football podcast. And so I just slowly got a little bit more. And then when the business started in 2015, I started working out of a, well, to begin with, I really didn't have anywhere to work out of, Um, but I, I started working out of a room upstairs And I think we did that maybe for about six months or a year. And then I I finally just told my wife, I said, Look, you know, I'm not trying to take anything away from you, but I could really use all that space out there for this business. And she understood that what I was doing along with my son, my youngest son, was what was keeping us afloat, paying our bills and and keeping food on the table. So we took all her stuff out of here and crammed it into room upstairs. And that's been a few years now. And of course now we're doing some Rearranging because my youngest son, who's been in Seattle for over a year now, almost a year and five months. Anyway, he had the biggest room upstairs, and so we've, we've done some rearranging, et cetera, et cetera. But I have a window. I have two windows. I have one that looks into the backyard behind the house, and then I have a window in the back that actually there's a little nook area behind the office. And so I'm standing here, and it's been overcast. I mean, over the last several five days, I think we had one, one day yesterday, Sunday, where we actually had sun. And today's par- supposed to be partly sunny, and then the rest of the week is supposed to be rainy or cloudy. So, I mean, that does kind of, it's kind of a catch-22. I like it, but it also brings the mood down. And I guess part of that for me is during this time of year, I would normally be drinking. And there's 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 good feelings, good times connected to that most of the time. And part of that is, I'm going to connect back to what I was actually jotting down, is the things that bring people together. Because we I was born and raised in South Central Georgia, the Bible Belt, part of the Bible Belt. My folks, my mom was a true believer. She really didn't, I really didn't see that until around when I was 10. My dad was a self-professed atheist, but he wasn't, he wasn't somebody that went around and shouted it from the rooftops or anything like that, because keep in mind, I mean, this was the '70s and '80s. Even back in the '80s, I mean, this was still, especially here in South Georgia. You know, we—I had a classmate that everybody swore up and down he was gay, and I mean, that was like taboo. Oh, and you can imagine all of the all of the the various clicheic names that he was called. And I got to admit, I mean, I didn't I didn't necessarily. I'm pretty sure I said I said some of those terms. It's just like I'm pretty sure I've I, I know for a fact that I've said the n word growing up because that was that was just in my culture. My grandmother of all people. I've talked about this before, but we I would literally get embarrassed, <coughs> get embarrassed, going to a restaurant with her if there were some some black people in there because she would actually she. She wouldn't necessarily say it loud enough that they could hear it, but she wasn't whispering it either. And the mere fact that she even felt she needed to say this was bothersome, but she would call them the N-word. So I say all of that to say this, you know, I, I grew up in, in the Bible, Belt, and I'm not religious at all. I'm, you can call me a secularist, a secularist human, an atheist, hell, even agnostic. But basically anybody that's agnostic is pretty much atheist. We, you can debate that. I don't care. It's something that Seth Andrews, the the thinking atheist, has repeated years and years and years. If you're an agnostic, you're basically—I mean, you, you're an atheist. You got your toe in the water. You just haven't jumped completely in, but you're gonna. But you know, I've been—I've been, I've been asked—not a, not a lot, but I have been asked. You know, when did you reject God and become an atheist? And my answer is. I never believed in a religious god, whether it was a Christian, a Muslim, a a Norse god, or, or otherwise. So I've never been one of those that's had a deconversion story because I was never converted to begin with. We're all born atheists. What you believe as you're growing up is instilled in you by your environment, whether that's your parents, your grandparents, or the people around you. And unfortunately, a lot of it is bullshit. It's not accurate, but I'm not going to judge you on that. I mean, you believe what you want to believe. I have friends who are believers, and we've come to an understanding that what they believe is not hurting me, and my lack of belief is not hurting them. But it does make for a somewhat lonely existence when you live in an area that is predominantly Christian. And I mean, we are, we are seeing, slowly but surely, the numbers dwindle. They were down to about 60% of people actually identify as Christian in the United States. The rise of the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S's, not the N-U-N-S's. And that, that's basically people that are like, I just don't really care whether they believe or not is immaterial. It's just like, I don't go to church. I don't necessarily believe in the Christian form of a God, things like that. But again, lonely existence, because my wife is not a believer either, but she's not an atheist she's she's more in the vein of the 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 paganistic type belief system you know the the earth is a living breathing entity she believes in karma she believes in witchcraft and not like the harry potter version of witchcraft where you're gonna just toss out spells and make people invisible and blow shit up not that kind of witchcraft but it's more like nature-based stuff and as you can imagine there's not a whole lot of people like that around here. So when we got the opportunity, <laughs> I say opportunity, I was basically mandated to move to Tifton. We bought a house in the suburbs. I have never lived in the suburbs before. I was always a country person. My wife, being from Cordill, and her dad, being a railroad, railroad guy, they, they would move. And sometimes she would live out on a farm. And sometimes she would live in a suburban neighborhood. So she had that experience. The stereotypical stranger things where the neighborhood kids all got on their bicycles and rode all over Hell's Half Acre and that kind of stuff. Whereas me, where I live, the closest friend was a mile away. I mean, I rode my bicycle. I rode my bicycle over there, rode my bicycle up and down dirt roads. I mean, I had a lot of fun, but I was never exposed to that suburban life. And pretty much all my friends that I went to school with, they lived in suburban neighborhoods. Hell, they had cable TV. I had three channels. You know? So I was looking forward to the fact that we were getting into a suburban type neighborhood, especially with the kids, because we were we were living on the same property that I was I was raised on. I wasn't born there, but from the age of six, I was raised there. That's the property that I just sold back in August. And i was like okay this will be good for the kids and it turned out that it wasn't a positive i don't want to say it that way it wasn't a positive but it also wasn't a negative it was it was kind of like a zero-sum game they met some friends but then because i was a techie and we had a lot of tech stuff in the house the friends liked my kids because they had toys and shit they didn't have. And I mean, we weren't wealthy, still not. The house cost $165,000 in 2006, two-story house on 0.97 acres of land. It actually looks a lot larger than it actually is. But, and of course, my wife and I, one of the the first meet and greets, if you will, I think I was at work. Someone come knocking on the door and introduce themselves, you know, neighbor down the down the road. And one of the first things is, you know, invite you to church. And if I remember the story correctly, my wife said, well, I'm I'm a Druid. You know, I believe in the, the, the Druidic type faiths. And she said the woman just kind of stared at her and said, is that one of those internet religions? Yeah. So I found the commonality for me was my job. I worked for the city of Tifton started out as the network manager for CityNet, which was the department that was a cable broadband department. This was 1999. Cable broadband was was coming in fast, and the incumbents were putting it in fast enough, or they, they wanted crazy money to do it. And so a lot of your municipalities and county governments said, hell with that, and did it themselves. We were one of them. And by the people that I met there... And eventually, two that I hired became my best friends, and out of those two, one of them was a non-drinker and the other one was a drinker. and he and I have always gone back and forth that we really didn't become alcoholics in air quotes until we met one another. I told him, you know, I didn't drink as much as I used as I did before I met you and he's like, no, it was you, not me." And then of course, technology. And video games brought us together, especially World of Warcraft. And for a number of years, from 2000 and basically four, the end of 2004, because World of Warcraft officially came out in November of 2004, from there all the way up until about right around 2012 when I lost my job, that's what held us together. We worked together. We saw each other every day. Two of us drank anytime we got, and and the way we played is, you know, instead of using these apps like Roger Wilco and uh, uh, TeamSpeak and all of those to communicate, we had IP phones because we ran the, the city's phone system. So we would connect that way. We'd basically get on a speakerphone and conference everybody in and just sit there and talk and play games. And then my, my wife was playing, too. We, the way our desks were arranged is they were they were butted up back to back. So I could look at her. She could look at me. And I had the phone. And, but then the job went away. And slowly but surely, even though we claimed that we, we weren't going to do this, we, we all disconnected. I mean, you know, we'd talk once or twice a year. We'd swear up and down we were going to get together for lunch. The number of times that that's actually come up. And, I, and, I, and I'm the one that always instigated it. I'm like, we need to get together. And, of course, you know, I blame myself because I didn't follow through. But they never once turned around and said, you know, called me up, texted me or something said, hey, how about that lunch? It didn't happen. Of course, now I'm sober, with the intent of being being sober forever. Or as I told Lee, I said, "There's probably going to be a time as I approach eighty, I'm going to say fuck it and have a beer." But we'll see. But right now, for for the foreseeable future, this is my lifestyle, and I've said that before. So that's where I am. It was three things, and eventually four things. That brought me together with a couple of these close friends. Like I said, it was the job, alcohol, World of Warcraft, and eventually podcasting. I met two of my friends through podcasting. One of them I'm still in contact with, and we're still friends. The other one, we no longer talk, and I don't know why, through no fault of my own as far as I know. It's just like one day, had a conversation, and then never heard from him again. I've been told some things were going on in his life, and I can appreciate that, but What did I do to be cut completely out, you know? So, (laughs) wine, 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 I know, I know. But, you know, as, as the famous scholar Ferris Bueller has said, life moves pretty fast. And that's the thing. You know, one moment can change your life's trajectory completely. Like in 2012 when I lost my job. My friendships, they didn't necessarily disintegrate but they were no longer as strong as they once were. I've said this in a previous episode. It was where I was talking about my ride or die. I no longer have a a ride or die other than my wife. And quite honestly, 2024 will be 34 years of marriage if we don't kill each other by then. I'm not saying that we aren't each other's ride or die, but these last two years have been tough as hell in this relationship. And I'll admit part of it was me. Part of it was me and the alcohol, which is another reason why I wanted to do what I'm doing. But the other part is her, and I don't know at the at the risk of getting too personal. I mean, there's just certain things that she's she doesn't want to work on when it comes to herself, and I can't get her to see how negatively it's affecting me. I know it's not always about me. I get that, but there there has to be give and take. There has there there has to be some compromise. And in what's been going on in the last two years, unfortunately, and again, I will 100% own that I had a part in some of this with the drinking, the way I was, I was acting. And again, that's the reason why I'm, I'm sober and plan to be for the foreseeable future, if not forever, at least until I retire, 62 <laughs> or 65. But the thing is, when you recognize that there's a problem and you want that problem to go away, or you want to resolve that problem, I guess is the better way of saying it. You have to make every effort to work on that problem. If you don't, then you're admitting that you don't care that it's a problem. You don't care how that problem is affecting others in your life. And if that's the way you view it, then that's certainly the way they're going to view it. Or even if that's not the way you view it, but you don't make any any motions, any attempts at trying to resolve it, then it still looks like you don't care. And that's, that's kind of the scenario we're in here, at least from my point of view. So in my attempt to try to alleviate and help whatever, you know, the, the situation that I'm talking about here that I'm not going to explain by becoming sober is a double whammy for me now, because the one thing that I would always go back to, unfortunately, it was not healthy. And I, and At the time, while you're doing it, it'd be like, ah, my old friend, like putting on a nice winter coat or wrapping up in a nice warm blanket. I've missed you so much. And all is right with the world for all of about probably five to six hours before you overindulge, you you get belligerent, and you start making fucking mistakes and doing stupid shit. But prior to all of that, that, that comfort, I don't have that anymore. And... I have, <clears throat> excuse me, I have not been able to replace it, I guess. Or the replacement, it's not really a replacement. It it, it, it was something that kind of went in parallel, but they were not connected. But even it's not there anymore. And so I'm having to deal with the sense of not a singular loss, but a double loss. One of these losses, I'm eventually going to get over because I am the one doing it because I need to do it. The other loss is through no fault of my own. And apparently I can't do a damn thing about it. So, happy Thanksgiving, (laughs) y'all. Oh, man, I hope this has been recording. It says it has. Oh, yeah. All right. It freaked me out because I looked down at my watch and it had the options play record remote settings. And I'm like, are you not freaking recording? And I went over and looked at the phone and I was like, no, you've been recording for about 33 minutes. I'll cut this down. But I guess that's it. I just I kind of wanted to vent a little bit and I was feeling a little nostalgic, but lonely because I I have always enjoyed the Thanksgiving holiday and the reason why. And if you know me, it's no secret. I love dressing. I absolutely love dressing. And I remember, you know, growing up, even in my late teens and then my early 20s, where we would, even after Lee and I got married, we'd either be over at my mom's or we'd be at my grandma's or we'd be at her folks. I mean, we would be having Thanksgiving dinner dinner lunch you know what i'm saying but as my my grandmother and my step-granddad passed away in 04 and it was just it was just one of those things where mom would eventually she'd start going to some of her aunts uh for dinner for for thanksgiving dinner where they would literally go out there's some places that are still open on thanksgiving and would serve thanksgiving lunch you know they would do that and Especially after we moved over here, it was just not something that we cared to do. Now, and we would do non-traditional Thanksgiving. I mean, we we did turkey sandwiches one one Thanksgiving and all of that. And, and it really came down to the fact that my wife, as I found out, hated the tradition of Thanksgiving. And it all stems from the fact that being a female, she was a tomboy growing up. But being a female, when all of these family get-togethers, she was always always either pushed into the kitchen to work with the women folk or was pushed outside to go play with the other kids. And she wanted to sit there and have intelligent conversations with the adults, but no, 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 you don't do that. Not in South Georgia or the South. I mean, this was the 70s and 80s. What, are you kidding me? Intelligent children having conversations with adults? What's next? Cats and dogs living together? <laughs> So, yeah, I've discovered in, in our long marriage that she doesn't care for Christmas and she doesn't really care for Thanksgiving. So when we do Thanksgiving, she's mainly doing it for me. Now, she likes dressing, but we don't have any family get togethers. I mean, Thanksgiving this Thursday will be me, my wife and my daughter who still lives at home. My two boys will be doing whatever the hell they're going to be doing. One's in Seattle. The other one's in San Francisco. One has a girlfriend slash fiance and the other one doesn't. The one in Seattle doesn't. The one in San Francisco does. The one in San Francisco is the oldest. And when it comes to Christmas, no Christmas tree. Got a little Christmas shrub. She did that for me a few years ago. And I've probably mentioned it. I'm pretty sure I have. But we don't decorate. And that's partly my fault because I'm I'm lazy when it comes to that. Because if you put all that shit up, then you got to take all that shit down. You know what I'm saying? And I just, I did that when I was growing up, when I was a kid, man, it was cool. I loved it. But not now. I guess I'm just a lonely old fart. <laughs> <laughs> There's two avenues of feeling nice, not nice, feeling good, feeling uh, wanted, I guess, are no longer available to him. But I do what I do. Put my head down. I work. Keep trying to develop this Tipton Talk stuff, even though I'm I'm going against my, my own internal nature of really giving a shit about what goes on in this area, because for the most part... I, I like the people. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of nice people around here, but there's some assholes too. I guess that's right, you know, everywhere. <laughs> but you really start seeing it when you manage a group, a Facebook group of, of approaching 6,800 folks and you have to implement some really draconian rules just to keep it from turning into a cesspool. All right. I guess I could keep drawing on and on and on, but I'll I'll just, I'll get off of here. And hopefully again, you don't, you don't mind me uh, walking around with a lapel. I know it's not the quality of the PR40 and the way I normally do production. I am an audio snob, but sometimes I just, hopefully it's more about the message and the con- content here and the audio is not shitty. Anyway, take care of yourselves. I hope you all have a happy Thanksgiving, um, wonderful holiday season, you know, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all of that crap. Don't come at me because I say happy holidays, because you need to remember there's more than just Christmas. I did a post several years ago, I think, on the Tifton Talks, one of the Tifton Talks websites iterations that demonstrated there's something like 20 something holidays from the beginning of November to the end of December. So we're literally saying happy holidays to you, no matter which one you happen to celebrate, you know, whether it's Christmas or it's pagan roots. (laughs) yeah i had to put that one in there all right love each and every one of you or is that is that really true i don't know you so how can i love you take care of yourself take care of your loved ones hug your loved ones tell them that you love them and hopefully they love you and everybody be safe during this holiday season we'll talk sometime in the future